0: Welcome to the Grasscast. The host of your show, Quab and Sean. Game on!
1: Hello and welcome to the Grasscast, a show about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Sean and I'm Quab. And joining us on the show is our friend and guest Rob Sun. Rob, welcome
2: to the show. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me over.
1: All right, but uh, as always, we uh, before we start, we uh, compete in the Ultimate Challenge. Quab, you good? You know yeah, 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 yeah. So you can see my hands. I can see your keep hands. Them, can you see my above, hands? Above okay. board. I want to see it. Yeah, see yeah, the drop. yeah. Okay. We're going to do one Mississauga, two Mississauga, three missaga, and then hit. Yep. Okay. All good. Right. And you're going to say the actual thing that you're doing. And yeah, sure, 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 sure.
0: Yeah. Back. Let's just do it, huh? Yeah. Let's just do ready? it. Okay. Ready. Okay. One Mississauga, Mississauga, two Mississauga, two Mississauga, three Mississauga, rock. Okay. 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 Okay, okay. Uh, it right. was a tie. It was, it was smooth. Lighting, it was okay. smooth. Fine, sure.
1: <laughs> all right. Yep. Yeah. One Mississauga.
0: One Mississauga. Two, two Mississauga, Mississauga. Three Mississauga. Three Mississauga. Scissors. Wow. We're the oh. same way like All right, blue. all right, blue. all, all right. right. All right, this is it. This is here it. Here we go, here we go. All all right. go. Yep, yep, right. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One, One Mississauga. Mississauga. Two, two Mississauga. Mississauga. Three, three Mississauga. Rock okay you won that you won that clear you won that that's fair that's fair all right anyways
1: <laughs> welcome to the show rob so first thing we like to ask is that do you remember what the first game you played or like had that had like an impact on you like just the first game that that you played that comes to mind
2: um yeah so so i guess the the first ever uh, board game that I ever played was Monopoly mm-hmm. Classic. and I remember having a lasting impact on me because of how the whole game worked uh, the little pieces and how you know you move around the game collecting and, and and trading properties and all this other stuff in no way did that ever motivated me to go into real estate <laughs> but I, I thought it was kind of interesting as a concept that mm-hmm. you know people could uh you know overtake their opponents just by sheer strategy so mm-hmm. i thought uh, as an strategy game you know mm-hmm. when i was like maybe you know 9 or 10 it really made an impact on me um and this is about the time when you know you're you're learning your maths and you're learning fractions and you know you, mm-hmm. you think like oh you know like math is easy and this is a real world application
3: mm-hmm.
2: so i thought like to me, that was kind of fun. And, and I always had a lot of respect for the game. Then, you know, you move into other games like Risk, uh, which no. is kind of also based on Monopoly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I, I had a, a really good time with Risk. <laughs> hmm. Planning a strategies, taking over continents and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, it's good times.
1: Yeah, we, we, we've mentioned Risk a few times. It's a favorite of uh, a few of the guests that we've had. There's a uh, favorite... Apparently... <laughs> isn't it oh okay maybe like a love-hate relationship that some people have with the game there's uh talked about risk legacy which is like this risk game but it's like a campaign over like the lifetimes it seems and you can just play risk forever it's it's kind of crazy so so what was like the last or most recent game that you played rob
2: um i guess the most recent play uh game that i played was um believe it or not you know I went back to playing, you know, uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago. And, uh, you know, like right when you're handing down the cards and you get that, you know, take four, you're like, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just it's just like one of those games just to pass the Mm -hmm. time. Uh, And right around the same time, I was also playing dominoes. Um, I think uh, dominoes for me. It's more of a traditional, uh, familiar game because my Mm -hmm. grandpa used to play it. My dad Mm -hmm. taught me how. And I guess I played dominoes with pretty much all of my extended relatives. Uh, I'm from Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So where I grew up, uh, dominoes was fairly common, especially if you go to any, any place along the beach. Um, you know, and, and it's very, very common to see people like sitting down by, you know, a convenience store, just having a drink and having a a game of dominoes or something like checkers or whatever they, they have around. So, so, uh, growing, uh, growing up, I always saw people being engaged in some kind of like, um, you know, board game activity. And so uh, I kind of miss that, you know, like uh, being under Mm -hmm. lockdown, uh, it's very difficult to have that interaction. But um, my wife and I, we we try to, uh, you know, kind of sort of stay uh, entertained, you know, whether we watch uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime or, you know, a a game of cards or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever way, like we we try to to stay afloat of not getting completely uh, bored or, you know, Just depressed, I guess. Okay,
0: so have you been finding you're playing a lot of like two player games that you can play with uh, your wife, like during the pandemic? I'm wondering, like, to have somebody in the house. Uh, kind
2: of, yeah. Most, yeah, exactly, yeah. We, uh, (laughs) you know, we were watching uh, Queen's Gambit, and that was a really great you know netflix show and somehow we thought like yeah let's go and play some some chess you know and i realized i don't remember any of my chess (laughs) strategies or moves or anything about the game for that matter (laughs) so i was like oh okay i have the game i now need to learn how to play it again so i I haven't really done as much um you know reading into it but uh i know i have to get back to playing at some Mm -hmm. point I, i used to like many many years ago when i was a kid but uh, over time, I just kind of let it, uh, you know, go by the wayside. So, uh, yeah, that would be something that maybe in the future, or maybe, you know, near future, uh, my wife and I should should practice yeah, again. For sure.
0: I mean, Uno is a great game. Uh-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: going to ask, do you play it? the, uh, there's a version where you, um, if you play like a plus two, pick up two or pick up four, and then the next person plays a pick up card, it's cumulative it like stacks yes
2: yes that that's the one that's the one yes that's very good it
1: gets in uh what's the word insane um yes (laughs) aggravating because then it just becomes it usually just becomes like pick up the whole deck because it becomes (laughs) so cumulative that you're just like you're in this infinite loop of picking up cards and then you're just like when are we gonna stop this is crazy this (laughs) yeah
2: well, that, that's what that that's so funny, especially if you play two Uno card, full uh, mm. decks. Oh, you know, wow. like if you're playing on that, that gets gets really ridiculous, yeah. especially with two people. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, that's a it's a surefire way to, to pass the time in a pandemic.
0: Just
2: oh, absolutely, picking up yeah,
1: cards yes. until you go insane.
0: Well, <laughs> um, no, Uno is an interesting game too because, like, I'm thinking about like house rules. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. different variations because um, you could do the. You put a pickup two on a pickup two on a pickup two, but then if you put right. a pickup four on top yeah. of that, does that stack or is that a whole new set?
1: It usually stacks. It I guess depends on what house. Yeah, you usually stacks. It's yeah. just any any pickup cards. If there's no other card in between, and sometimes people are forgiving and they're like, "I have another pickup card, but I want this madness to end, so I'm just going to play <laughs> this instead." <laughs> uh, yeah, go you know yeah, both absolutely. ways with that. Yeah, I've had some pretty crazy games with Uno. My sister doing that, like just never-ending pickup phase. Um, Almost uh, dominoes too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, sorry.
0: Oh, uh, before we get off Uno, there is like a version called yeah. Solo that's online. Okay. That's pretty interesting, and I think it's also a card game. It just adds like a few more cards where you can swap your hand with somebody else's hand, okay. or everybody's hand oh. rotates um and that that version's a lot of fun too so just shout out to solo that's awesome yeah i should check it out i also got the sequel to uno uh
1: appropriately named dose which i've only played a few times (laughs) but um it's a different different take on the game it's it's a nice like change from playing uno for so long but i haven't given that game enough what uh, what is I'm the difference?
0: Jewish. I don't understand.
1: <laughs> I honestly don't remember it's been too long since i played it. Um, I think I'm getting bored enough now that maybe I should pull that out and start playing that with the wife again. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, dominoes. I was just going to say like, that's, I don't know. there something just really. Tactile? Viscerally appealing. Yes. Tactile. Yeah. Like those, those nice little yes. ivory pieces. You don't need a board. It's so portable and it's so just simple, but beautiful. And and also the the meta game of dominoes, which is just stacking them up and knocking them down. The only, <laughs> play, the only way I played dominoes as a kid. I never knew that there was another game yeah, besides same. <laughs> stacking them up and, and like I just thought like there's like all these weird symbols on it, whatever. I'm just gonna stack them up and, and play dominoes like that way. But it's so weird that there's another there's an actual game of dominoes that you're supposed to be doing with them. And as kids you never I never knew that version. I just knew the stacking and knocking them down version.
2: Are you a, sure it wasn't Jenga?
0: <laughs> no, no. Jenga blocks might make more sense for the what we use dominoes for. But. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah, I never use Jenga blocks. No, <laughs> I think there's something about the domino being thin. Like a Jenga board yes. is, mm-hmm. yeah, too too mm-hmm. equally round as a prism. I
1: mean, we have we have the phrase the domino effect, which implies yeah. like one thing gets knocked over and it knocks over everything. Yeah, else, right. right. It comes yeah. from that. Yeah, I
0: think it's the physics that, of a domino versus a Jenga block. Um,
1: makes Right, it's just something, just, it just works very well yeah. in that. Yeah. I can remember making just, like, huge chains in the house, just far domino chains and, like, uh, good times.
2: Yeah, I didn't have enough dominoes uh, growing up, so I would just use Legos and stack them up, ah. like, you know. And and so that was also kind of fun. And and so I would, like, stack up, like, two of the uh, six-piece, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the, yeah. the the three by the, by the three by two, mm-hmm. and uh, just stack them all around and just like knock them as they were coming. So it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: that was
1: not bad. Um. So, would you consider yourself a gamer at all? And like, what do you think about the title? Like, being a gamer and gaming culture in general. Like, what's your kind of view on that whole world?
2: Well, um, I don't consider myself a gamer. Not in any. Mm-hmm. Stretch of definition. But I do appreciate what gamers do and what the culture is like. Um, I think my my biggest experience ever being in that culture was um, in 2008. um, I was invited to the uh, Toronto Comic Con. Mm. And um, there was a huge, huge uh, gaming competition. And I went there with some friends. And uh, I think being in that room with all these gamers and and the whole like, you know, talking about technology and different strategies uh, and how they have their own, uh, you know, chat rooms and how they can communicate with each other and, and what is the best microphones and all this other stuff. <laughs> I, I thought that was like, for me, at least like a very advanced kind of interaction when you're playing with someone. So I, I what I took away from that was A, if you really love your games and you, you have this sense of building a community with other people, then that might be Mm -hmm. the way to go. I'm technically not very like good at playing video games. I mean, I tried, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think my reaction time is a bit slow. Mm -hmm. So I get killed easily in any kind Uh of like, you know, point and shooter. Like I, I definitely, you would never want to be my partner in a call of duty Mm -hmm. and, um, or or Halo for that matter, but mm-hmm. like I, I I can I can see my youngest brother being like really great at that because mm-hmm. he grew up playing different kinds of video games around the house and he's a, a, a like a really great master at like playing Grand Theft Auto like he knows everything there is to know about that game
3: mm-hmm. and
2: and when I first learned about the game I still had my PC like really old tower. And in the house, and that was, like, 2003 when, like, the Liberty City storyline came out or whatever. And uh, he already mm-hmm. bit it before I even touched the computer. So, uh, you know, like, I I wasn't really around that much. Like, my generation was more of the Atari and Tetris mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm old school like that. I, uh, you know, I enjoy Super Mario and uh that kind of games but um yeah nothing like minecraft like i mean i look at my my friend's uh son and and he's Mm -hmm. a wizard you know just mining (laughs) things and knowing where where the diamonds are and he gets really into the story Uh um whereas uh for me personally i i i totally get it it's it's a really cool culture and and
0: Mm -hmm. it's
2: really interesting what people do and all the amount of information you can find online Mm -hmm. i just I'm personally more into the, you know, sort of a slow, progressive, you know, here's the story, like, there's your character, get in there and try to complete a, like, a, a mission or something, try not to get killed or get your teammates to get killed and uh, just, you know, kind of move along. So I, I'm that kind of a gamer, I guess. That's fair.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting that you, like, your perception of it and um, how, like, it's almost like a barrier to entry like if you're not that fast twitch call of duty kind of person then you're not considered a gamer and i think that i mean my personally myself i don't i think that's one subset of the culture but just like you know comics or movies or anything like that there's there's different genres right and it's it's interesting that like that you feel like there's there's one culture but that's like that's it and like they hold the the title and like no one else can be a gamer only like this like subset of like super hardcore first pers- first person shooter kind of people so um yeah it's 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 interesting to hear you say that cuz i think we've had like different viewpoints on on like who can who is considered gamers and like um those different kind of subgenres and things like that um yeah, no, into I, to... I think like what, yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry, Sean, and and to add to your perspective, I I think um, it really didn't help me that, uh, you know, I was kind of thrown into the wolves in a way because uh, a lot of my friends were very much into gaming and the the experience that I had was very much a fast pace. Like you had to figure out the strategy, know the storyline before you got in there, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, know where the, the, you know, the different... um, Places where you will find the treasure were located at all sorts of things that, to me, were part of a great, a great storyline, but didn't really add to my level of skill um, in terms mm-hmm. of what I could do. Um, other than okay, you know, I got killed so many times, I'm not going to make the same mistakes again. But you know, my my teammates would be so far ahead of the game because they they intrinsically realized what to do. Mm-hmm. and uh to me i was like i'm still struggling with the first or or five uh, screens you know and and they already are like by the 20th so uh to me that aspect of gaming has always been a struggle for me like like you said mm-hmm. but also I, I think what's so interesting about the culture itself is that there, there are so many championships that i had no clue mm-hmm. about
3: and oh, yeah. and yeah.
2: all of them are uh, at some level sponsored by big names like Um, I remember even when I went to the the, the Toronto Comic Con uh, so many years ago, uh, they would do cross promotion between, you know, uh, a company that normally would be more or less affiliated with uh, skateboarding culture. Uh, promoting gaming or uh, you know marble mm-hmm. promoting certain kinds of like marble and capcom promoting like you know certain kinds of video games because of their characters so i, I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool that there is a lot of overlap um, I just personally don't mm-hmm. don't see myself as a gamer. I, I I do game occasionally, but not to that level that mm-hmm. you know people say like oh you know you have to download the latest patch on this Fortnite game and if you don't have <laughs> it like you should not be even talking to me kind of thing. No, I I, I pass right. on that. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. No. There, I mean, there's no there's no wrong answers to this question. Yeah, We're for just, sure. Like to see people's different perspectives, how how they kind of see themselves in the culture. But yeah, no, that's really that's really interesting. Um, so, how do you think games have kind of influenced your life, if, if at all?
2: Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, let me think. Well, I think games, for what they're worth, it's it's definitely a way of, I guess, escaping a, a reality. To me, like if I, if I were to like mm-hmm. analyze myself. Like right now, it would be a great time to to do to, to video games because exactly. sometimes you don't even want to be outside uh, knowing mm-hmm. that there are so many limitations. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that mm-hmm. grew up going to bars and nightclubs and kind of seeking out social yeah. interaction. But um, mm-hmm. uh, some of my other friends who are heavy gamers, they always stay at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would be talking to their their buddies, you know, while they're strategizing their next move or whatever. And they they never really crave being outside. So now that everybody's made or are forced (laughs) to be inside, I think these people are really having like an okay day. Like it's like a regular day. So um, (laughs) it has kind of, it it kind of has influenced me in a way to really perceive my friends in that way. Like those who did (laughs) game before, they really never change. But right. those who like started taking video games, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, well, is it because of the situation or because now you have an excuse right. to do something that you put off for so long, right? So I, I think personally, right. um, I can look into my life and think, well, video games are really cool because they do tell a story. And, and I love um, visual mm-hmm. storytelling. Where, you know players yeah. get to interact and understand different storylines and uh, you know uh, see the kind of technology that is being put out there the animations uh, you know and, and get really okay. into it. Uh, I remember this game that right. my brother introduced me to and, and it's a really old game but for some reason I really really mm-hmm. enjoyed the, the, the animation in it the storyline it was like a, like a manga kind of like cartoon. Hmm. that came out in the uh in the 90s it was called Oni O-N-I and uh, I can't remember okay. who was the one who made it but it was really really cool like I I thought like the the visuals of it was really cool and it almost read like hmm. a manga so uh, hmm. at the time when I first got introduced to that um and you can tell my brother was like the big sort of promoter of this because he really enjoyed uh, all sorts of video games more than mm-hmm. me being into comic books and graphic mm-hmm. novels so when he told me like about this character and and what he had to do in order to get through the next level um i thought well that reads really reads like a great manga and so that was sort mm-hmm. of like our crossroads um where i got to pick up a lot of uh, understanding about what he meant by you know the, the the characters and the levels and the complexity of the game and how it look or how it stands visually um mm-hmm. i thought that you know a lot of the storyboards on on that um uh, video game were done very well and and mm-hmm. i really like i mean obviously the animation has come a long way now but we're looking at about a game that came out in the 90s and mm-hmm. so uh you know like to 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 fast forward to like what we see now like with fortnite and all these great you know uh, animations and storyline even like um what is this one uh red country or whatever it is uh forget the name of red that Dead game
1: redemption.
2: Red Dead redemption yeah red redemption yeah like it's it's really cool like i mean uh, my friends were playing that mm-hmm. game the other day and, and i saw the graphics and i'm like holy shit yeah. like there's so much detail in that like these games have come a long way than, you know, what I remember. So th- for me personally, it tells me how old I am, you know, that I'm not really keeping up with that technology that is out there. But in a way, I, I-, I come to appreciate a good story when I see one. Mm-hmm. And if-, if the story in the game makes sense, then mm-hmm. I'm all for it
1: that's that's cool yeah I, I think i think the whole storytelling thing like that's that's a newer phenomenon and yeah. especially video games like it's, it's taken a while for like the technology to catch up but like now it's it's like they they compete with those like triple a movies and stuff like that where they're they have the same budget they have the same technology and like the same people like art direction and storytelling that are going into that same as a, a movie so that's yeah you don't don't worry that you're that you kind of missed the boat on that i <laughs> I think that was a newer phenomenon, like that whole storytelling aspect um
0: but that's that's but an just, interesting question too, because yeah, more so even than movies, maybe there's even a lot of lining up with comic books or maybe t v series where you can tell like a very long story in a video game, um like an interactive right. story, so yeah i'm trying to I'm trying to connect it to comic books uh-huh. like <laughs> just <My boy says,
1: laughs> I was just looking up uh, this old game that I just remembered playing when you were telling me about that. Um, it's called Comic Comics Zone with a Z. Oh, um, oh! It was it was for the Sega Genesis. It's it still like burned into my head because it's just so like unique. It, it looks like you're inside of a comic, like there's little speech bubbles and everything. And as you're moving through the game, you're actually like moving through different panels, and you can actually like knock people through like break a panel and knock them into the next one so it's actually like you're playing inside a comic book i think that would really appeal to you but i don't know you'd have to like find an emulator now and stuff yeah probably
2: well one thing that that uh reminds me of something like that that had this comic book flair was max Payne when um Mm -hmm. that whole character came out and then they made the movie and all that stuff. Like the comic book to that, like read exactly like the comic, like the the video game.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and I thought like that was kind of interesting. You know, it's like adapting, you know, different um, versions of a, of a book or a storytelling into different mediums, right? Like it's mm-hmm. as if uh, I don't know if you guys ever uh, watched Sin City. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, by frank miller and if you read the comic book or the graphic novel it, it there are certain panels that are very very close to how mm-hmm. you know it would be adapted on the movie but then mm-hmm. like there are certain things that can only work on the on the, on the comic mm-hmm. book that would mm-hmm. never work on a movie so mm-hmm. it's kind of like that when you when you're like into the the, the story of a of a of a video game and you know yeah. where the character has to be and what it, it's capable of doing but then you also feel like oh maybe it's just for the sheer entertainment of just playing the game and moving along with the different levels and stuff mm-hmm. so uh, you know you're right you know sometimes uh, uh, certain mediums get adapted better uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of mimicking each other, right? But you you know, uh, a video game requires a lot more interaction and more manipulation of the environment around you that what you can just by visually absorbing something, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. I did not know there was a Max Payne comic book. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. I wonder if that came out after the game. I'm thinking maybe... It yeah,
2: happen. it's usually... It's like... Um, Uh, Silent Hill or Resident Evil, like all of those Mm -hmm. uh, properties were adapted into comic books right after the success of their uh, games. So um, I remember, um, you know, trying to find, you know, different comic books that were based on video games and and that was one of them, uh, Silent Hill. And uh, I went to, uh, because I, I wasn't too much into the horror aspect of comic yeah, books. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but then, like, when, when you when you are in a video game, like, that horror just kind of comes second nature because you're respecting that kind of horror element. But on a comic mm-hmm. book, it's, it's, it's very different. It's like when you're reading The Walking Dead for the first mm-hmm. time, and then you watch the show, and you're like, wait a minute.
3: Huh.
1: Yeah, I haven't gotten into The Walking Dead comics. I should really check those out. So you find that the the comics are more kind of like visceral? Like
2: that's yes, really well, sure? especially, and, and Sean, you, you might actually get into The Walking Dead again, because mm-hmm. what uh, Image is doing is they are republishing issue one, again, but in color this time, that the original was all in in, uh, silver tones or or gray tones. Yeah. And and, and, and at at first I thought like, well, what's the point of like just, you know, reading a comic book, which is all done Mm -hmm. in gray tones, because it Mm kind of loses that like, like that visceral, like when you're looking Mm -hmm. at blood or whatever, but like the, the, the comic book, the original comic book for The Walking Dead was never meant to be all about the visuals. It was all about the story. Mm-hmm. And so like the words really do come alive when you're reading the story. But now what um, Robert Kirkman is doing is relaunching all of the the, the, the Walking Dead, but in color, which mm-hmm. is like totally gives them a different perspective. So it's it's really That's cool. It's more closely with what you would see in a storyboard for a for a TV series or a movie. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. I'm wondering why. Though. Is it just to sell the same comic twice? Or? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and yeah, and
2: and also and also it, it creates more of the uh, collectivity value. I think because yeah, you true. know uh, in the original covers uh, or the original comic book art there were only three three people like doing all the illustrations right mm-hmm. and now like that they relaunched it again you get more artists contributing and maybe some of these artists carry some cloud and and that makes their material more collectible because oh so and so is doing the cover or so and so is doing the the art inside so now it's it just brings more collectivity to it i think
0: mm mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds like another meta game of like comic book stuff. Like, do you do you find that you you're you want all the variant covers or are you more just like if you get one story that's like what's more interested to you interesting to you?
2: Ooh, that's a mm-hmm. that's a really good question. Um I'm of the philosophy that as long as I'm involved in the story, it doesn't matter if I get like a like a like a off the street kind of a version all beat up and it's not even worth sending it to get, you know, appraised or anything, (laughs) uh, as long as the story is there. But uh, there are certain things that I'm more interested in, uh, especially if it's um, a variant cover. Like, Mm -hmm. I follow certain artists, um, and so if their work uh, gets to be printed, even as a second or third print, but if it is their original work on the cover, then I'm more inclined to get it. Like I will go out of my way to pay a little bit more money for a variant cover as opposed to the the regular cover. But uh, that's only on occasions. Like um, uh, I, I'm more into like I was mentioning to Sean. I was I, I was more into uh, Spawn and uh, more into the the image uh, you know books that came out. So um, because I I've been collecting Spawn for so long. Like if I see a variant cover of an, uh, of that same character made mm-hmm. by, you know, someone that I've never heard of before, then I'm more inclined to get that variant as opposed to, oh, here is the black and white cover of the same artist, but it's just mm-hmm. black and white. I'd be yeah. like, well, no, thanks. I already got this cover in color, but I don't have these other guys who it's someone who's new and perhaps down the road might be more important uh, as a, as a regular artist rather mm-hmm. than just being featured once. So um, that that's how I usually um, uh, wage uh, or or value things. But um, like I mean, again, when when I started reading a story, and if I know that I'm gonna be collecting it for the longer the longer run. Then I may just skip collecting the single issues altogether and oh, just go directly okay. to the, the the trade paperback yeah. or the omnibus if it comes in. That the only problem with that is that you gain the whole story, but then you lose some of it because of the economical value of getting um, like all of the stories at once. Like for instance, um, when I started reading the um, just uh, the collected series of The Walking Dead, hmm. um, it was just the full story arc and no covers. So mm-hmm. if you were oh. to get the issues, okay. then you get the issues and the cover and some, you know, sort of editing material in there. But when you get the trade paperbacks, maybe collects five issues, mm-hmm. but doesn't include additional material until mm-hmm. you get to maybe the omnibus, and then the omnibus would have the full story plus maybe some freeway like some freebies like you know um, you know are behind the scenes or, or unpublished works that they just throw in there but then again the value of an omnibus is much money than what you're getting in terms of just the value of the trade paperback so uh, it's a marketing yes <laughs> uh, is, it, is it a way for you to spend more money? Yes but it, it, does it contribute to the story and your overall enjoyment of the experience? You know, it de- really depends what you're looking for. I, if I know mm-hmm. that I love more the art, then I just mm-hmm. collect the covers and I don't even open mm-hmm. the book. But I'm not that person. Like I, I would. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I'm into something is because it's not just the 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 pretty illustration in the in the cover, but also the words that come with it. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
0: No, it's it's
1: a it's a weird intersectionality between I think comics and especially like trading card games, collectible card games. There's this collectability feature scarcity, that, like,
3: yeah.
1: yeah, the scarcity, having the variance, having the rarity kind of thing. There, there's a gaminess to like collecting all the X kind of thing. And it's it's interesting again, that you kind of, with other kind of gameplay and things like that you shy away from that you're like no i don't want i don't want <laughs> the gaming aspect i'll do it if it, if i want to but I, i'm there for the story i'm there like you're very much a story person so that's oh
2: absolutely say, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, i i think i i very much value the the script on anything like you know mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. you could uh, dissect a movie dissect a comic book a video game much the same way you would if you're if you're looking at just the bare bones of of anything and you look at like what went into producing something or creating something so the the production value it's is very important i i totally get that in in whether it's a a movie whether it's a a comic book whether it's a video game but if the story doesn't really stand on its own or or doesn't create that sense of like what you want to create in the in the viewer or in the in the gamer, then I, uh, you know, there's one of those things that I may not be as interested. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe to me, like the story has to follow a, a certain tangent when it comes down to you know interacting with it. You know, but if if it's just something where like it's just the uh, the sheer view of like you know, you're, you're in this environment and you're moving your character in this space and you need to get to point A to point B without Mm -hmm. necessarily following a story or following a mission, Mm -hmm. then I may not be as interested, Mm -hmm. but that's just me. Um, When it comes to comics, um, again, you know, like you can have a really talented artist who's been, you know, in the, in the industry for so long but then the story is just flops and there is no substance there. And and you're like, well, I totally wasted $5 and, you know, maybe ah. five minutes of my time. But, you know, mm-hmm. like if you see a really great storyteller that makes really cool artwork that, you know, makes you want to say, hey, like, you know, this, this artwork looks badass and I want to collect it because of like how cool it looks, then that's a different story, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So is there um like a genre or type of game that really appeals to you? I think I think we've kind of gotten to it in that it's games with stories kind of interlaced in in the game, is that correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So any kind of detective story, uh, mm-hmm. you know, crime-solving stories, um even like you know, mission-based stories where like, you know, you have mm-hmm. to you know, maybe uh have to conduct some kind of research or have to conduct some kind of like uh level in the game where you have to pass certain challenges and and collect something or gain something Uh, Mm -hmm. i I think those are the kind of games that i enjoy the most um Mm -hmm. rather than just like point and shoot and you know make sure that you collect as many stars or whatever like i don't i don't know it's just to me uh i'm more into that aspect like yeah sure it's like you can have a, a a type of game like Tetris where all you have to do is just move different things around to to create a level and and you move on to the next and the quicker mm-hmm. that you are the better you are at moving on different levels. But mm-hmm. you know there is no story behind there like you know that no, nobody is pushing you to to be better other than you know how uh, to improve your dexterity with when the, when you're kind of fitting the pieces along you know a level. So. When it comes down to other games, I think of like, okay, like, what's the value of this game, and why would the why would the the gamer want to experience, or what's the the end result of it, you know? So to to mm-hmm. me, that's how I look at things, I guess.
0: You you might like the crew. Have you heard of the crew? It's a card game.
2: No, not not really.
0: For two to two to five players, where you're all um, members of like a spaceship's crew, um, and it's 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 pretty interesting. You're you're dealt out cards, and then there's different missions with different stories, and the way. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a lot of the same mechanics, but at least there's kind of a through line of a story. Um
3: hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's so cool. cool. Yeah, I'll dig it. I dig it. Yeah, might be
0: something to look into.
1: Um. So, do you have uh, a favorite game? Um. Doesn't have to be a video game. It could be a board game. Anything that kind of stands out in your mind is like, man, I really love this this game. I wish I. Could. Just embrace my memory and play it again or or something like
2: that um to be honest no not not really i i think uh just historically speaking uh any of the gta stories just because Mm. of of my my experience with my brother uh playing with those and Mm, you know we would have like just different um we, we would be exchanging uh you know controls and you know, just playing together, I, I guess that's the only one that I would mm-hmm. go, kind of go back and say, hey, if I can play GTA 1 till like the last one, then mm-hmm. I'm sure I would enjoy more of that whole experience. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think uh, that there are certain aspects of, of, of playing video games that, uh, for me, at least, I, I create a memory of it, like, you know, not like a muscle memory, but just a, a memory of enjoyment, like, you know, being playing it with someone that, you know, show me some strategy, some moves, some some things like some hidden uh, places that, you know, uh, things could happen or or even just yeah. in a way kind of going off of the story, the main story, I mean, mm-hmm. and kind of doing your own thing, having that liberty to. Move mm-hmm. your character in this dimension and and finding things on your own that you know you don't have to necessarily be on the map kind of thing. so uh, i I kind of enjoyed those kind of experiences. Um, mm-hmm. and also, you know, just kind of following uh, at the end like a like a satisfactory conclusion that you know your character got to experience this level, and because of that, you can play the next version of this game in a more advanced Mm -hmm. setting you know so that that's kind of like what i enjoy the most about that but uh, no i i I don't think i have a specific game that i would say oh man like i i wish i could go back and play this game over Mm -hmm. and over again i just Mm -hmm. i just think that uh, the gta stories really stand Mm -hmm. out because of my time when Mm -hmm. i played them with my brother that's pretty much it
0: have you have you ever played like a like a role-playing game like a dungeons and dragons or anything like i'm wondering. Because the re, the idea behind those games is like a shared story that you create right. together. So you talking about stories so much. I was wondering if you've ever played one of those. Uh,
2: I, I think at some point, um, but uh, I don't know, maybe just because of the timing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and not to sound like I'm, I'm way too busy not to play video games. <laughs> uh, I just think ha- having the time with I other people to handy play video games, more. so um yeah no i i don't think uh i i've played those uh, as much of the role uh playing oh, games
0: i'm not even talking about a video game like uh more like uh just a. it's like people who sit down you create a character you roll dice mm-hmm. um yeah have you heard of these dungeons and dragons type
2: yeah games? yeah I, I i heard of dungeons and dragons uh i i i obviously watch stranger things and I thought I was Yeah, like, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um I, I just you know what? Uh, unfortunately I never had that experience growing up with anybody mm-hmm. who was yeah, into me that. Mm-hmm. Uh so it was really difficult to sit down and ask, you know, you know, people who were, you know, in my age group and say, Hey you you want to mm-hmm. play Dungeons and Dragon, they'll be like no, mm. let's go and play soccer or let's go and hit yeah. the ball or the court or something. And and they were not really into into strategy games like that either. So yeah. I don't know. I just guess I, I guess I didn't have the right crew people or the uh, right uh, uh. members, but uh you know it's never too late you know maybe we can all sit down and play together you know yeah for
0: sure. Like sean is, uh... did anything ever come like you, sean was cre- i know he was creating like a time travel version of these oh, things
1: yeah <laughs> when the p- pandemic first began i thought i had all this time to do all these crazy things yeah uh, yeah no it hey. hasn't really gotten anywhere yet but um it's on my list yeah uh yeah, uh, yeah another thing about the pandemic unfortunately i mean The funny thing is, yeah, I have a group that plays Dungeons and Dragons once a week. And I I, personally, I've struggled just playing it virtually now because the reason Mm. I like doing it was getting together with, you know, a group of friends physically in the same space. And we all just kind of sat around and like, like Quab said, like told a shared story together. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it's a really kind of cool, fun experience that way. And um, just in this you know time when you have to do it virtually it's just been hard to like connect virtually on the screen and, and kind of keep that that same thing going but the other the other people have been doing it fine without me which is cool but like <laughs> yeah just you know I, I i miss that like you know physical interaction that you could like do it face to face with people and um uh, yeah, no, it's unfortunate to hear that, like, you know, you didn't have a lot of opportunities or, like, you know, a group of friends like like, hey, we're playing D&D tonight, hey, you want to, you know, join us, and I think the internet's kind of helped that, like, it doesn't matter kind of where you live now, you can find a group of people and, and kind of do that now, but, um, you know, when, you know, geographically, you're in a place where not a lot of people are, are into that that same thing, then it's gonna be hard to like get into that and, and then you as you get older you feel like, uh, I'm a, an adult now, I can't play D and D that's kinda yeah. No, for sure. that.
0: But I think yeah. yeah. It's um Yeah, I yeah. think it's coming up. Like I I haven't done very much and it it I I could see it also maybe becoming like a slog, like a lot of a <laughs> lot of work, but I think mm-hmm. if you're interested in shared storytelling, it's something. And there's a lot of even like kind of shorter things. Like if you wanted to mm-hmm. try it out, um, I, a few weekends ago, tried like like a short one with like my friends and it only took like an hour where we were all skeletons in a dungeon. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and we were kind of t- t- talking like, yeah, it started with like us setting up what the dungeon looks like and then every round or so like maybe you'll roll dice to make something uh crazy happen um uh, mm-hmm. and see like oh, okay now a bunch of spiders have entered the dungeon what do you do kind of thing and it's this right. and like you answer yeah. questions and tell the story together it might be something you're real to try um yeah if you're interested in sh- like shared storytelling and it, it it gives you a lot of the guides and it only will take like an hour or so
3: um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: and it, and it hasn't yeah. been like a, a newer th- a thing that's kind of come up like i mean dungeons and dragons and those kind of games have been what's termed as like crunchy they're very like a computer very number driven and it just feels like playing a video game by just saying it and it's only been like re- up, up until recently that there's like this divergence of like very narrative story-based games where it's not about the rolling the dice as much as kind of just telling that shared story between friends more so um yeah i think i think you really dig those route. but again it's, yeah. it's trying to find that group of people you know to to, to play and have the, the time the time commitment is always a huge thing to, like, yeah no for sure it can take hours yeah
2: and 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 i totally get it you know that the older that you get it seems mm-hmm. like your time is more limited um, and then there are other commitments obviously I'm, I'm married now so you know it's <laughs> oh, it's yeah. you know the, the the time the time that I have to share with my wife um, it's it's also her time too right because yeah she would be you know uh, coming from work and you know we may be on opposite shifts or maybe you know there is a weekend where we are both kind of like just winding down we want to organize and set goals for ourselves and, you know, having that kind of interaction is, is very important. Um But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with, with friends, like, I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, when I, when I moved to London, I used to live in Windsor, um, I would have the time to, you know, because I was new in town, I, I would have the time to go out and, and, and find, uh, friends to go and, uh, to take on, uh, pick up soccer. And, you know, during Mm -hmm. the summers and during the winter, just play indoor soccer, because uh, that's one way that I wanted to stay active. And uh, I I found lots of people that would do that. And when I asked them, so what kind of games you play, you play board games, video games. Many people said, no, they were they were just either working and then the only time they had was to do physical activity. And that was it. So maybe it's just being my luck that I I never really come across. many people who would sit down and say, Hey, no, yeah, let's play Risk or play, you know, dominoes or whatever and, and have the mm-hmm. time to do it. Um, you know, as an example. But um I I find that for me personally, one way to keep myself entertained was to, you know, pick up graphic novels and and, and read different magazines and and kind of like tinker with the ideas of like writing my own story, you know? So, yeah. so for me, like um, a lot of the inspiration for my work, um, you know, in, as, as a, as a, you know, as a visual artist, you know, if, if I were to, uh, you know, illustrate something or, or to write something, it's, it's to really have as much reference. And, and I was reading at one point like so many different books and getting different mm-hmm. stories and, just then committing to actually writing them what's more of a challenge for me because then I realized, well, do I want to spend five hours writing something or do I spend that same time working in another business or doing something else?
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah. Interesting like that, you know, just that you haven't had those opportunities. And, and I, I think that especially games like, um, role-playing games where you're telling a story together that um it's yeah it's 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 better when you have a like a much more diverse group because you know you get five white guys sitting down obsessed (laughs) with video games and they all you know realize that they all suck at storytelling so sometimes (laughs) you get that bottleneck but it's really good to bring in people who don't have all those same experiences because all of a sudden like you can bounce different ideas off of each other that you know five like-minded people might be wouldn't have and and like you're saying like people that are um you know wanting to get into writing stories and stuff it can be i think a great place to kind of like you have an idea you have a setting or something um these role-playing games can be a great place like okay here's we'll put you in the setting and we'll make everybody the different characters and you basically just role play it out like like the the title says like you just you can try out different ideas and stuff i think it's like a great place to like try out a different story idea or concept and um yeah it's um i've really gotten into it like kind of later in life like i never was into i i i I enjoyed it but i never really got into it as much as i have in my adult years funny enough so i think that i think uh the the games like these they're they're so good for adults you gotta find the time like like i said and (laughs) yeah adult responsibilities and everything but i think even married couples like yeah there's definitely a niche for like you know having couples kind of come in and, and play different role-playing games. Cause you get to like, you can basically try different roles with your partner and like try different scenarios and maybe find out things that you wouldn't normally know about the other person and stuff. Right. So it's, it's, it can be, it can be a really cool exercise. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think that was all the. I mean, kind of hit on most of the questions um, unless. Was there you...
0: anything you wanted to talk about Rob? Like any, yeah. Anything you're interested
2: in, or you know, just you just just yeah. talking to you guys um, made me remember something uh, of yeah. my childhood, which was kind of cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I don't know if you ever watched, uh, and again, I'm totally dating myself here, but um, there used to be a very famous uh, cartoon show called uh, "Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, yeah yep. I've been so, not about about you guys really ever play? Late. Did you guys ever play the 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 board game?
3: The
0: board game, no. I didn't play the board game, so I think in like our grade schools there was a video game. That... Yeah,
2: there was a video game as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and
0: then, so, there, there was... so, yeah. So no, what I was gonna I'll say
2: you... was, um, you know, I grew up watching the the cartoon, obviously, and and mm-hmm. I thought like, because where 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 I grew up, um, it was very compulsory that that you had to learn so many geography historical information and stuff like identify yeah. countries and things like that so um i remember when i was in grade school my friends and i kind of work very much into geography and history and stuff and and uh, we were saying like how easily would be for us to beat that kind of game but we never got the game because nobody was fortunate enough that uh, any of our parents would buy for us so uh, <laughs> when i when where i where I was old enough and I came across it, I I went to a trip store and I found it, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm thinking like, Oh, this is my chance to actually play this game. Turns out like half of the uh, pieces were missing. So I'm thinking, Oh damn. And like, you know, but then the the questions were still there. And I'm like, this question is really dumb. (laughs) Like, of course I knew the answer without even like having (laughs) to look at the, uh, the flip side of the card. So I, I, you know, it's kind of funny. Like if I were to go back in time and say, Hey, Had I had this game and got my friends and got to see the cartoon at the same time, it would have been the best time ever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it seems like there are parts in my life where, A, I was at the right time, but didn't have the resources. And now that I have the resources, I don't have the time. And Ah. maybe my friends are not around. So it's like Mm -hmm. kind of like, I don't know, like a, a little difficult, but... Uh, I, you know, just talking to you guys, it kind of reminded me of that, uh, mm-hmm. of, of that experience I had watching the show, getting the game, yeah. and then trying to get people to play it. But it's oh. it's it's something that you know maybe in the future it would happen. I don't know. Oh, for mm-hmm.
0: sure. Um. Yeah. That's well. Yeah. It was a it was a good show. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, I I just remember the li- I don't even remember the cartoon. I remember the live action show. Yeah, where so the kids
2: come on and yeah. There was like a game. I, I, show don't, I don't. I never really liked the live action show. Oh, you didn't honest. like it. Like <laughs>
0: yeah, Rock-a-tola. it's like when
2: they made Super Super uh, the Super Brothers. You know,
0: it's like what? <laughs> Man, that, was,
1: that was strange. That's
0: yeah. that's funny. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's yeah. That is. Nineties were a crazy time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But the nineties, I, I tell is. you. Uh,
0: but now I feel bad about it's, it. It's interesting because like nostalgia, I think it means like an old pain. Um, yes, that word yes. nostalgia so it's like yeah like you had this idea that's like a beautiful short story you told
2: <laughs> about about the dream um
0: yeah did they advertise the board game on the cartoon like i'm trying to think i, I, where I you think got they the... did at
2: one point it's like um okay you know like growing up like i would watch like you know all these uh saturday cartoons like he-man yeah. thundercats the transformers and then you know that there was a toy or or, or yeah. something along that. But you you hardly ever came across like oh here is the comic book or here is the the board game unless they actually advertised it. You know, yeah. uh, there would be like cross marketing where you know oh if yeah. you if if you watch the cartoon and uh, you fill out the survey or whatever and you call this number you get a backpack or or something rather like yeah that you know it, it had that character in but. Uh, I, I personally never really came across any cross marketing when I was growing up for Carmen San Diego. Um, and, and it was just later that I found the, you know that there was uh, this board game and, and there, there had like been you know so many different toys and, and I just never really came across it growing up. and you know and none of my friends did otherwise I would have found out from them first we just watched the cartoon oh, okay. like yeah. and we were we were really you know fans of the show and and we always thought like okay mm-hmm. next episode they're gonna cut up with carmen and they're gonna catch her you know and, <laughs> and, and th- th- the whole time we're thinking like you know there has to be more than this but i don't know maybe just it was our <laughs> our time and and then after that you you get you know not bored but you get distracted with other things that you know you kind of mm-hmm. lose interest uh, a little bit but then when you grow up you're like yeah i remember that show that was really cool and you know so yeah. I, I learned so much geography even if i already knew where half of those places were <laughs> so you know. yeah
0: it was um yeah it's funny i don't know why i was watching like um there's this channel called defunct land on youtube uh and they were doing like defunct tv so like canceled tv shows so they were mostly talking about Carmen San Diego all the shows but mostly Oh really oh
2: you have to send me that link man I, yeah i'll i'll send on. you the link i'll send you the link all right. yeah
0: it was mostly the game show though uh to be honest the one he didn't like but they talk about the cartoon <laughs> uh all but right. what was really interesting too was like because the show was like in the 90s um mm-hmm. and i wonder if the cartoon the cartoon must have been similar it's like some of the information changes because
2: of wars and like yes, border yes. disputes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you're talking about the Czech Repo- uh, Czechoslovakia yeah. before the Czech yeah, Republic, yeah.
0: or something. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah. a show about geography is really hard to <laughs> to uh-huh. make in the 90s.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Like you start seeing all these references to the USSR, and yeah, are yep, like, yep, what? Yep. <laughs>
0: i had
1: a i had a crazy version on my sega called where in time is yeah
3: wow Where in time and
1: it came it was the only game that came with this giant fucking dictionary (laughs) that you had to (laughs) because obviously it was a time without internet so right right exactly you would get presented a question and then you would have to sort through this book to figure out where in time she had gone and you had like a countdown clock what fever sheet. wait it what felt like doing, it felt like doing homework and under f- pressure it was it was a crazy game i don't know it, it's games are amazing how they can trick you into learning things right because like no, I, is, I
3: know I this is I what that's, that's what's so great about it like
2: i yeah I, I enjoyed it yeah i enjoyed just learning random facts about like history and geography right. just by watching that show it's like right. I, I would imagine yeah, it's the same it. level as kids nowadays learning like with uh, dora the explorer or diego or something some spanish lessons like i'll be like what the hell <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know i, I it, there is something to the whole carmen san diego world it was like yeah that, it was really effective as a teaching tool like i'm For i'm sure. surprised i did not enjoy the games because i couldn't blow anything up uh, <laughs> yeah
3: exactly
0: yeah the the video games uh, yeah but i did i did watch the cartoon i remember i don't know that anything yeah. penetrated my brain that it was trying to teach me anything i um, don't think
1: it did but you you learned things sure yeah,
0: sure yeah czechoslovakia yeah what's the, the capital of czechoslovakia <laughs> <like it>. uh, <laughs> yeah oh man uh, uh, but yeah i'll send that link that's a uh, yeah, that was a that was a wild show, and it had like a good story. There was like a chase that kept going, and you're, every episode you like, are they gonna get her? Are they gonna get her? Mm-hmm. So right. I can, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see your love of stories, specifically with that show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially cool. like, how like, like sneaky like, she was. Like she's able to, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, she's a cool, cool character. She's she's like a villain, but she's cool. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, maybe going on a tangent, uh, a little bit into your wheelhouse, Rob, because we're at the kind of end point. Um, so we obviously talked about like your your love of comic books and everything like that. So maybe rather than recommending a video game, is there a comic or a comic series that maybe you would really recommend to people, especially people maybe that don't read a lot of comics or, you know, first getting into it? Like, uh, is there any like series that you really like dig or, or love?
2: Um, well, I, I think that yeah, there there are quite a few, and um, I guess to mm-hmm. bring an overlap into our conversation with video games and and series mm-hmm. and and how you find like really good storytelling. Um, as I was mentioning, uh, you know, The Walking Dead is a really great series to get into, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you want to, um, you know, read like because the The Walking Dead is is not about zombies. It's it's not like you know. Uh, and I read so many articles and so many research about what they, uh, what Robert Kirkman, Tony Moore, Charlie Adler, all the creators of of um, The Walking Dead did at the beginning, and they always said that the story was about the survivors. It was always mm-hmm. about the people trying to make it from one end to another end. So if if you really like a story that. Obviously has some horror in it, but also like uh, stories of survival and humanity in it. The Walking Dead, for sure, is a story that I totally recommend. And if you can get your hands in the the first trades, I mean, some of these trades are not very expensive. Like I was lucky enough mm-hmm. that I found a lot of them secondhand, and they were, uh, you know, very inexpensive. Like if you were to buy one. Uh, trade, uh, it would probably run you anywhere between 15 to $20, but nowadays they have come down in price quite a lot. So, um, I was able to get like some later trades, um, that, you know, I probably paid like, you know, a couple dollars, like maybe $5 at the most. And, and wow. that's because the, the story has progressed so far that, you know, uh, there are so many different, uh, you know, Graphic novels collecting those stories, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to really get into a good story, read The Walking Dead, just because uh, the the artwork the it's very um, not very complex. Uh, the panel stories have that grid, the the nine grid or the the twelve grid pattern. So it's it's very oh, easy to okay. to read, and it's not like you you have like a splash page where like all the characters yeah. are on top of each other. So that's why I I Mm -hmm. enjoy, yeah, that's why I enjoy The Walking Dead because it's very easy. You can see that the panel transition. Mm -hmm. And and another cool thing about it is that because the original was done in um, gray tones, so the color doesn't really um, make your eyes uh, overwhelm, you know, with a lot of information. And so therefore the Mm -hmm. storyline moves you along. Uh, And sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you can be watching a part of the story where the words really pop up before the action. Mm. So uh, if you, but but if you're this kind of person that cannot wait to read more into the story, then maybe like a faster paced comic book, like justice league, um, you know, any of the justice leagues for that matter, like where the action really builds up really quickly, then that would be something that you, that you would enjoy. But um, Mm -hmm. I, I personally read, um, the the three jokers um which was a really oh, great yeah. retelling of the original the killing joke um which was um back in the 80s by um alan i Moore. think it was uh, alan Moore. yeah and uh and and, and uh, i forgot this other guy's name but uh, anyways uh they they revamped the story and they made it into a three part series where you know mm-hmm. you still get batman and Robin and the bad girl uh, sort of dealing with their own issues. Right. So it's a more mature, um, more mature reading. And this one is by uh, Jeff Jones and Jason Fabok and Jason Fabok is from Windsor. So he's a really great local artist that, Uh, you know, created uh, and and worked on this amazing project. So uh, yeah, all of Mm -hmm. those, uh, the, the three issues or the three books that came out of the three Jokers, uh, You know, the artwork is is amazing, but uh, the Mm -hmm. storyline, you you don't have to necessarily follow too closely into the Batman lore to to find out exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. I think uh, they do a really great job Mm -hmm. of encapsulating who this character is of the Joker. And if you ever watch the movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, you get the sense Mm -hmm. that you don't need to know like what happened to this guy in some extent into the batman universe like you just get the character as Mm -hmm. it appears to you in that story so you don't have to assume anything else you don't have to put like all of this you know this guy turns out to be this really twisted guy but you see the progression of this character going in in the progression that it should be so uh with batman the three jokers it's kind of the same but you get additionally this really cool like highly detailed art that uh, it just break it blows my mind so uh, those mm-hmm. are like kind of like the recommendations of stories that I would tell anybody who, who might not know anything about comic books Um and then again you know if you've been reading comic books for a long time then you know what's good.
1: <laughs> yeah things, things like Marvel and DC Comics it's I think similar to your experience with like Games and and being kind of intimidated to enter those worlds, like I always felt like that sense of intimidation because I always felt like with a Justice League or any of those kind of comics, it's like you're kind of stepping halfway into a story. Like you mm-hmm. always, I, I don't know where the, ha- the beginning is. Like there's yeah, so half, much...
0: yeah, there's so many beginnings. The universe has been destroyed and remade fifty times, right? Like yeah.
1: right. So yeah. it's it's always intimidating to get into those. So it's it's good to hear that, like that Killing Joke one, that it, it's more self-contained. Like I like those those series that are like that I can actually collect start to finish and not spend like 500 bucks and have a huge collection. Mm. Like I can collect it and read it and understand it without like having to know all the backstory and all the lore and things like that. So.
0: Yeah, um, right. It's, it's, right. It's no, cool, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And, and there are so many different um, new comic books out there that are making their way into mainstream, um, which pop up all the time. And, and I think like uh, it really depends on what you like. I mean, there are different, um, uh, I guess, you know, obviously Image would be more into the the zombie stories uh, because of The Walking Dead. Um, But, you know, you also get like, you know, DC into detective stories, like, you know, with Batman and and, uh, to some extent, uh, some of the other characters. But uh, I think um, Marvel, uh, since the very beginning, they always dealt with characters that were... um, inherently flawed uh flooded like uh, you know the yeah. spider-man or yeah. the incredible hulk and you know and, and you get this like you know even the x-men right like so any of those uh, series um yeah. that have been ongoing for so many years so many volumes mm-hmm. like it's really hard to jump in and, and say you know i'm gonna follow this particular character, whether it be, you know, Spider-Man or uh, the Hulk or Wolverine or the, uh, you know, the Scarlet Witch or you know, whichever one from the Marvel Universe, and and say, okay, I'm I'm going to try to understand this, but in order to do this, you know, I need to understand like where this character first appeared and how this character transform him or herself in along the storyline. It would be really impossible unless you are sticking with a story and i think um around early 2000s uh, a group of writers from for marble they decided to um recreate all those stories by calling them the ultimate you know uh, fantastic four ultimate x-men ultimate spider-man yeah. and so they they retold those stories mm. but from a different more modern kind of version Mm-hmm. And, and that's when, like, you get, like, some really good insight into what these characters would appear to or would appeal to a, a newer audience. Um, I think that uh, they, they did a pretty good job uh, of retelling those stories. But if you were to jump in and, and say, like, OK, uh, this new X-Men, X-Force, uh, what have you, you know, like, I'm going to know every single character and know how what their superpowers are and where they fit in the story you, good luck with you. Like, uh, <laughs> definitely that's not going to be a, an easy walk in the park. But mm-hmm. if you, if you come in on a story that had just started and there is a new character, or even if it's just like a, like a mini series where maybe it's just three or, or, or six issues at the most, then you gain a lot more insight into who the characters are, how they set up the story, who the main artists are, the writers. Because it's almost self-contained, as opposed to you know following a, a serialized version when they're on volume four or five and mm. you have to go and do so much digging. So that's one of the things. I mean, uh, at least um, one of the things that I enjoy about Image is that you know you, you can still get those trades and, and the storyline um, you know, between uh, volumes don't change that much. So even if you didn't read the first 20, you can go back and, and find some resemblance of the story that could be self-contained. Mm -hmm. Um, As opposed to, oh, you needed to know what happened in issue 15 uh, when you're in issue 200 and something down the story. So (laughs) it's it's really difficult to, to, especially for anybody who wants to read uh, a serialized comic, it's almost impossible.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think um, like uh, going back to our last episode before we wrap it up, um, we were talking about a lot of uh comic related things funny enough um and we, we were gonna talk about invincibles but we stopped because we knew we were gonna have you on the show so oh thanks um, <laughs> now now we know that apparently there's seven episodes I, I came into <laughs> this thinking that there was only four so i thought i'd watch the whole thing being all smug but um so spoilers up until episode four but yeah just kind of interested what you guys think about that whole show i mean it's it's interesting now we're kind of hitting the point like the mcu's been out for a while dc's doing their thing so we're getting a lot of superheroes and now we're kind of getting the like anti-superhero stories with things like the boys and stuff like that so there's like the the other side of like superhero life kind of thing i feel like and and i feel like invincibles is kind of like that story of like another side of superhero culture and stuff so um Mm -hmm. yeah what are you guys thinking of of that kind of show and everything so far
2: Oh, Rob, you can go. Uh, go, go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you're a guest, Rob. You go Well, well, uh, well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I would say I, uh, as I was mentioning, I, I, I read the first volume of, uh, which is called the Ultimate Volume for uh, Invincible, and that collects the first twelve issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that within the very first episode that you ever sit down to watch on Amazon Prime, and and you see. The characterization, uh, who these people are, uh, how well they really stick to the story—it's not like they're really introducing any new characters because uh, they're just telling the story as as it would appear on the comic book. But what I what I really enjoy is the level of, of uh, scripting that they have to do and where the the story goes and how they do their editing, because on a, on a graphic novel you know the editing is already done, like that's what you get. Like the final mm-hmm. cut as, as it is is the director's cut there is no like oh this is an alternative comic book to what you're reading no it's, this is what you get but we're on on a on a cartoon it like they made so many great choices of editing out certain scenes and and transitioning and foreshadowing and mm-hmm. creating this ambience of like mystery which which you quite don't get with the with the comic book, right? Okay. So so that's what I enjoy so much about that um, you know, the the cartoon, that it really moves the story and then on top of that you get that element with the music and, and the yeah. the the background. It's really, really great. I, I enjoy it. I think they made a really great choice of, of background Uh, information on that so that that's my Mm. take so far i I, without giving anything away i think the i think the creators uh really stick with it and i Mm. think you know we have to thank uh robert kirkman and uh, you know uh, ryan oddly from uh you know from the creative teams to really stick with their guns and uh really provide like a very close to content material as as it as it could be
1: so this is the same guy that wrote Walking Dead is, is writing yep. Invincibles? Yep.
2: That's correct, yeah.
1: That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah,
2: yeah. 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 So he's... He, he
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think... Did he also do... Have you... Oh, So I'm kind of curious. We're talking about Invincible and I'm going off on a tangent. But uh, the way I read a lot of the stuff I read is through Hoopla. It's like an app on my phone through the library. I'm not sure if London has something similar uh have you looked into like uh, probably i have to check from, like mm. yeah check it out because like that's oh, okay. the only uh, like uh, i've read most yeah. of yeah i've read a lot of invincible like maybe mm. i don't know if i read all of it on hoopla for free uh, <laughs> so oh, for wow. people who are like interested in um yeah and um well, yeah, totally legal. It's not like stealing it. I think it's <laughs> you borrow yeah. it from the library, uh, which
2: yeah. is yeah, cool no, that's idea. cool. Um, uh, yeah, if you yeah, if you yeah. if you share with me the link again, I, I can I can take a look at it. Uh, I know that uh, I'm I'm old school. I, I like going to the comic book shop and trying yeah, to right. get as much as I can. But uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough, and I and I find like you know people online, you know, on Kijiji or marketplace mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Would, would sell like uh, you know their you know used uh books so either way like uh, i enjoy reading so uh, especially this story i think um, i don't want to get too much ahead of the story because i I feel like if i start reading it and then i watch the episode and i will Mm. get disappointed that Mm. oh you know they didn't do this or whatever Mm -hmm. then i'd rather just watch the cartoon and then like later on go back and reread the book i mean the the graphic novel so
0: That's fair. Like, yeah, I I guess I can say my perspective from reading a lot of this book and it's weird. I'm wondering, like, was I even enjoying it all? Like it kept me like Mm. for through hundreds and hundreds of issues, like all the trades Mm. that I read, um, like a couple years back, but it left an impression. Um, Hmm. and it's, it's an interesting show because it is, and it's an interesting book because I won't spoil, but it, it riffs on a lot of like, um, superhero kind of ideas uh that we would have, um, but I would say it's even more kind of gruesome than I would expect, like specifically yeah. the book and and maybe that's like an image thing, like because they weren't like the big two, they could get away mm, with right. a lot more gruesomeness yeah. in the images and as well like the, the cartoon is also very bloody yeah
2: Yeah, Uh, i I think we we can we can agree on that um i i think just the creative mind of robert kirkman in general like when it comes down to gruesomeness i mean (laughs) you you have to understand he is the guy who is attributed for creating the walking dead Yeah,
0: yeah marble
2: zombies yeah and Uh, Invincible and all of those three main titles involve some kind of gruesomeness so uh, I I think it's kind of cool that you know uh, anybody who who gives Robert Kirkman a a script right (laughs) will expect to see some kind of bloodiness into it so (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. well it is nice to see for a change because I think in the last episode we were talking about you know the, the difference between DC and Marvel and my perspective was like Kind of like what you alluded to with with Marvel, they're they're flawed characters. They feel more human, whereas like DC always just feels like gods fighting gods, and like there's no stakes. Nobody's even getting a scrape or a cut. And Invincible, like I think we can spoil the first episode. Like people yes. are just getting their heads blown off and torn limb from limb. So you feel like there's actual stakes. Like people can actually suffer in the show, and and that makes you get more invested. I think like you, you know that like characters can just get killed off i think that that was a big pull in like the walking dead is like your favorite characters could just get killed the next day right and i think that that makes you more invested in the show because you know it's not just going to be the same that character gets in a bind and he's going to get out of it somehow because otherwise the show wouldn't exist right when you there's there's some stakes involved you you get more invested in it i think
0: and I'll, I'll, I'll say the show i think it gives everyone more stuff to do like you get to know so there's like a league of superheroes that's kind of like the justice league in dc mm. kind of you can see some total rip total rip-off <laughs> yeah i mean there's yeah yeah but very much very similar and and in the first episode the end of the first episode uh, the Superman character pretty much kills the entire Justice League so it's like okay <laughs> we're setting the tone for this universe uh, pretty, pretty early on and that's an mm-hmm. interesting twist um, mm-hmm. yeah in like a very gruesome way but like the way they use gore is kind of interesting too and I think also another change in the show I don't remember if this was in like the first trade or not it's been a long time since I read it but like even like when Mark, who is the young, the son of like the Superman character, Superman type character, Omni Man, mm-hmm. um, gets his powers and he's like trying to save people, like you see like the collateral damage, like you see like just mm-hmm. innocent people like blowing up, and mm-hmm. like him like pretty much getting shell shocked, which you don't really see in other superhero media. Like even if you are have superpowers and you're trying to save these fragile right. like, people. A lot of them aren't going to make it when like aliens come in with their laser guns,
2: and mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I yeah, don't think I no seen totally.
2: That it it totally it totally gave me uh like, it it gave me this reminiscent feeling of watching the Watchmen. You know, uh, the uh, like okay. I I don't know if you ever watched um, the the T like the movie or uh the if you read yeah, the, the, the book.
3: Show. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah 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 exactly so so uh, you know it's like this character rorschach you know he's like uh, nobody but he's like just someone who does a really good job of being a detective and has no superpower whatsoever <laughs> like you know um so yeah, it's kind yeah. of like that you know like a lot of these characters are from that same uh sort of circumstances where you know how how can you deal with like a dr manhattan kind of super being where like, you know, all you have is a gun, you know, like, <laughs> it's really difficult. Um, yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think like, there is a lot of parallels in that respect. And and, and I think um, a lot of this creative team and creative writers, they all feed from each other's um, different ideas, like Alan Moore, Robert Kirkman, Mark Miller, like a lot of these writers who, you know, have, you know, created a lot of really great stories you know, they they have something in common, which I think this is why fans love to see their properties either on TV or, or mm-hmm. in in an adaptation where they can say, oh, you know, the writing it's it's really close to what the story would be. So,
0: yeah. I'm trying to think if we have a yeah. question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Does anyone have feelings about Mark? I like I like the cast of the show. Like all the actors um, do a really good job um yeah know, yeah yeah I, I totally it do was, uh, yep walking dead. Steve, yeah, steve yeah, walking dead yeah yeah walking
1: dead yeah steve yeah, yeah that's that's cool i can now and now i see the the parallels between that and walking dead and like yeah. the casting choices cast and, well, and stuff like that. I, 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 I was gonna i was gonna add thing.
2: something <laughs>
3: yeah
2: I, I was gonna add something and and that was uh i'm sure you guys have seen uh episode three yes well it's fairly certain that we've seen episode yes. three yes. Yeah. We okay, have, so th- there is a yeah, scene. Three, yeah, there is a scene it. there with where Mark brings Ember uh, to his room, and mm. I don't know. They're just talking, whatever, hanging out, and and Mark pulls out like a couple of comic books. I don't know if you guys remember that scene. Oh
0: yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so there is one of those comic books. I don't know if you guys recognize, but he talks about this underwater welder and uh, that he starts imagining oh. seeing ghosts. Do you know which one he's referring to? Mm.
1: No. I think it's... Some... No, so
2: so oh, that I is uh, a book, a graphic novel, written by Jeff Lemire, who is from Essex County. Right. And uh, so it's kind of cool how yes. it was a nod to Jeff oh. Lemire for, for that comic book, and uh, it was kind of cool. It was like a really nice, uh, you know, hint, hint. You know, we respect your work, and we'll put it in the show. So it was kind of neat. You know, I was kind of yeah, like a Easter egg. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: No, it, it's it's sad that we haven't gotten a lot of uh, Jeff Lemire uh, properties as, like, shows or, gra- like, graphic I, comics or yeah. shows like that. Maybe one day. Um, it's it's
0: expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, everything is getting made, so... Um, well, uh, and well, I, I see, heard that...
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I heard that I thought Sweet Tooth uh, was going to be made and Robert Downey Jr. was going to play it, but maybe I don't know if I misheard that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I I heard somewhere that that...
1: Jeff Fumiere property's (laughs) been picked up for a show, but it just never seems to materialize. Mm.
2: Well, I'm here, I'm waiting for the next Spawn movie by Todd McFarlane, so who knows when that's going (laughs) to (laughs) come.
1: Man, the Spawn movies were very well as as a fan of the Spawn comics, how do you feel about the movie version? From the nineties,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: Oh man, that that throws me <laughs> back. I actually remember going to the theaters in ninety five to go and watch yeah, that, I saw that in theaters as well. So yeah. so um uh-huh. I mean for for the special effects of that time, like they were pretty badass. Like the acting, maybe yeah, not so much. Cool. I mean like yeah. <laughs> you know, Don Liguasco did a really good job as the clown. Ball but... <laughs> choice, yeah. yeah.
0: I did, yeah. Don Leguizamo. I I did like uh, Michael Jai Court. I think that might be the first thing I saw. The, the guy who played Spawn. Spawn. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. He's... Yeah.
1: What else has he been in since then?
0: Uh, ha- have you seen Black Dynamite? I have not. Uh, he, oh, he, he. he was. He was in um, uh, what was the movie with uh you know, the popular one with the Batman and the Joker.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, the, the Dark Knight. The yes, yes that, he yeah, was in that Dark one. Knight. Yeah,
0: yeah, he played a gangster in the Dark. Yeah, Night, yeah,
2: he was right? in that one totally. Yeah, he played the gangster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, no, totally. I, I wish, Talk McFarlane would um, create this movie soon. And there was so much anticipation that you know uh, he was gonna have um, the same studio that released um, what was that one um, with uh, Jordan Peele um, oh, that really? character? Oh. Uh, what was his name? No, it's the same studio that uh, that did that. Was it like Bloomhouse or something? Oh, or... Okay.
0: yeah, Bloomhouse. Yeah, yeah,
2: okay. yeah I-, I-, I think it was. The- he wanted them to do it and obviously they uh, he said that he was going to cast jamie fox oh. as a spawn um but he said that he was going to talk about the story more like he was in the shadows and that the the, mm. the main detective guys uh, sam and twitch will be kind of at the foreground you know yeah. telling the story so, so I don't know how well that was going to play out. Yeah. And then all, and that was the last thing that I actually heard hmm. about him moving along with the storyline. So I'm not sure if he's keeping things on the wraps and not really releasing a lot of information mm. for the movie
0: mm-hmm.
2: or whether that just was just like a, like a media stunt. And then it's yeah. just sitting parked somewhere.
0: I don't know. Cause bloom house, my understanding is like, they're very economical. They'll have like mm-hmm. a interesting concept, but they're, they're not going to spend like the big budget money They're exactly, So I don't yeah. know if they're going to go to hell in this movie. <laughs> and like when he said spawn was in the shadows, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like it's a detective story with a little bit of special. Yeah, yeah, effects. exactly. Yeah.
2: So, so I, I thought that was kind of cool, but uh, I, I, I also um I also follow different people on Instagram and, and, and Facebook that are, uh, part of the uh, Spawn International fandom base, and Jeez. a lot of people all over the world have been telling the same thing. Like they've all been waiting for this movie since, like you know, the '90s. Uh, to, as a retell, <laughs> uh, and and and, and it, it, they're just being met with so much, like you know, despair and you know, lack of hope to oh. continue waiting for this. So uh, I just figured that you know, if if they re- if if McFarlane Uh, decides to you know release another version of his character like you know even though like the the hbo cartoon which was such a hit at the time like it was it was really great i mean i remember watching them like at night because that was the only time that they could air
0: yeah Uh, i remember
2: uh, watching them like it was really cool and very dark and very, almost like gruesome, like, you know, yeah. what you would expect from Invincible. So mm-hmm. so that show oh, was really awesome for that. That's... And, um, you know, I, I'm i thinking that most of what people have grown to expect of the character is to be more darker, like mm-hmm. to, to be darker in general. But uh, they haven't really come to enjoy that aspect of the character. I know that the big push so far from McFarland was to incorporate Spawn into the Mortal Kombat video game <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: uh, as a character. And I think it was only released on a specific version of the video game, oh. not the, the regular version. So you needed to get like a, like a premium version of, of Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. where, um, you know, Terminator would be there, Robocop would be there, yeah. and then Spawn would be there. Packs. Um Yeah, something like a special pack, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, other than that, I haven't really heard anything moving forward with any of the the video or 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 any you know tv series or anything like that but you know spawn is kind of falling behind Mm -hmm. you know if they are really going to compete with marvel in any way Mm -hmm. to capture audience with their their characters right because you know image you know uh, as much as it is as a big publishing company it has very limited uh, main characters that are their flagships Mm -hmm. like we know spawn we know savage dragon uh, do but, we know but savage other... dragon well <laughs> you should you should know
0: savage I Dragon. i do Come not in. know savage dragon and i <laughs>
2: so... oh man it was like a great cartoon like it was awesome it's like this this police officer from chicago that has like a really awesome like you know i'll heritage. look him
0: up i'll look him up sean have you heard of savage dragon Never, no.
2: yeah, what? I... Okay. yeah we, yeah, we, we didn't have... make it the um, north america yeah, no it was actually oh man uh okay so uh, there was Savage Dragon, uh, the Max, which was a really. I've cool heard guy. it. Yeah, I, I, heard I it, saw or? the Max. I saw the Max. Yeah, so. the Max. Uh, who else was it? Uh, from I mean, I don't know that they ever did anything with uh, Jim Valentino's uh, Shadow Hawk, but there was one of them there. Oh man! Uh, there were a couple of like flagship. Oh, uh, uh, I think there was a cartoon for uh, Gen a- uh, Gen thirteen. Which was a property by uh, a Wildstorm, and that was uh, with uh, uh, J-, uh, J. Scott Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he did uh, some work for uh, Gen 13, and who else was there? Uh, trying to think, but yeah, there there are very few characters or 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 specific to Image that are flagships yeah that were from the original seven like the, the group of seven people that left marble and created image mm-hmm. so uh talk mcfarland being one of them eric larson jim lee uh but i I don't, I don't know that uh other than you know what we know from spawn that was actually turning into a, a real life movie
3: mm-hmm.
2: um that had that much success you know mm-hmm. so
3: yeah
2: um you know what, what we know about image now, it's like, well, obviously, Invincible and The Walking Dead has been more mm. in the mainstream, mm. but those are those are uh properties that came way, way later mm-hmm. after you yeah. know, image was founded. You know, like mm. if you were to think of like it's like having this issue with marble, let's say you know, you have this huge property which is the Fantastic Four. And you want to make a really cool movie, but every movie that you made sucks, <laughs> and you know it doesn't matter how many times you revamp it. Yeah. Like people are just gonna say, "Well, the previous two movies that you made totally suck. Right. So why would we watch a fifth one?"
3: Right. Yeah. right?
2: So we don't want we don't want that, mm. but we want like a really cool version of like a, a like a property that they have never made into a movie. You know, like for instance, uh, the Inhumans or the Eternals mm. or. You know, like what they did with the Guardians of the Galaxy. That was awesome because they were a a big property that they turned into a movie Mm -hmm. and they tied it into the universe of Thor, Mm -hmm. you know. And and so that was kind of cool, you Mm -hmm. know, to to see that. But it's like, uh, you know, if Image were to really do something with their characters that they created long long time ago and make a shared universe that would be really cool too
1: Hmm. yeah hashtag restore the image (laughs) first
2: there you go yeah you you can quote that
0: (laughs) i would i would hope so but i don't know there might be like a uh superhero fatigue setting like people just might be getting tired like i think sean Maybe. you talked about it last episode so
2: yeah
0: i i don't know if uh, if 90s really? what
2: what did i miss about being tired for for oh,
1: superheroes <laughs> i i don't know i just feel like yeah there, there's been so many i i was saying how like when when civil war came out that i i hit a fatigue of like oh god another superhero movie and it kind of oh it, yes, ca- it yes. came back a little bit like when infinity wars and all that came out like they kind of like okay this is cool now and but yeah, like I mean, at at this point, like we're in like but phase four or five of the MCU, and like it's just like s- there've been so many superhero movies now that you're like, okay, we need something you know new, fresh, different. That's why Invincible is—they still got the superheroes, but it's a different twist. So they still get yes, yeah. they're able to get away with it. But like, yeah, we're kind of getting, I think, yeah, we're collectively sick of that.
0: We're in like the deconstruction zone, mm-hmm. like where we're talking about like, okay, superheroes are the archetype. Uh, let's kind of twist it and talk about like what's problems with the superhero genre within the superhero genre. And -hmm. that's like the phase we're in. So then I don't know what the phase after this is. If it kind of goes away, I think like, think of something similar with like cowboy movies. There was like 50 years, nothing but cowboy movies. yeah, (laughs) And then uh, like star Wars came out and then it was like (laughs) nothing. Like, so Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to be after superhero movies. They'll always be made, but I don't know if it's going to be a million of them um i don't know if we're at or, or,
2: or, yeah. or it could be like a star as uh what is it cowboys and aliens or something <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: A major what, success that oh, what a was huge after. success <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. That, that was insane yeah. yeah i i have no idea about that movie until like much much later and i thought like wow that's a really great idea yeah um but yeah you know like uh i think um w- I think a lot of the things that attract people to different medium is the different media is, is the fact of how versatile the characters could be, right? Like, mm. I mean, the, the the choice that they made—an invincible cartoon rather than a TV series, a live TV series—was very interesting, right? Much like One Division, right? Like One Division mm. reads as a comic book. And it's it's, it's, it's it's actually better as a comic book if they were to make it into a cartoon. But they decided to recreate that, you know, one division or the Scarlet uh, Scarlet Witch and division of that uh, very short uh, series that they had and turn it into an actual tv series Mm -hmm. so and 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 i and i love the the choice of elements that they brought in because it makes it very much like okay like i can see why this will work in this environment yeah but uh there are other things that just don't quite like make sense Mm -hmm. unless you are like adapting the story and you build up enough momentum with the character that people become familiar with it right so The, the thing about um, this Spawn movie, just going back to it, is that it has happened so long since the first movie yeah. that new audiences, new generations would be so disconnected yeah. from what's yeah. actually happening with the character mm-hmm. that if they introduce these detectives, which are Sam and Twitch, and they, as, as I understood from what they wanted to do with the script was to tell the story from their perspective would be more like, you know, the, the, the series of marbles uh, that was done with um, uh, Alex Ross and uh, I think it was uh, Kubert who did the, um, uh, sort of the, uh, the storyline where, you know, the, they're talking about, you know, Spider-Man, uh, the Avengers and all this, but from a perspective of a photographer. Oh. So it, it was kind of cool. Like, you know, the, there are a lot of stories where the, the audience uh, assumes the, the role of a, of a bystander Rather than an active superhero, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, much like what we see in Invincible, like we follow the story of Mark Grayson and everything that we see is what happens to him in his real life Mm -hmm. Um, and his family, obviously. But, you know, with with these stories, um, especially because they are characters that may not necessarily play like an important role down in the series. Uh, especially uh, in, in, a, in you know, in a 300 or, or plus um, issues that it's been with Spawn, you know, maybe at the beginning of a Spawn, those characters had a, a huge influence, but then later on, they just become second characters. Mm. So if you're going to tell a story where you want to bring back some of that nostalgia of like the original characters being brought into the story, you have to let the audience know and experience more so that they get to know oh yeah sam and twitch but if you never heard of those names before and you see them on on the movie you're gonna be like okay so they were just two cops and they were just kind of looking into some disturbances of this like cape vigilante that nobody knows because you know and and it's just the story flops you know so that's why i think um it's it's kind of a fine line like you know like the at first with the story like if you make it very interesting yeah it's about spawn and his powers and you know discovering why he came back from you know the dead or whatever you know that that's kind of cool like that's what tied people in in the beginning mm-hmm. because of that sense of discovery you know you're this cool character mm-hmm. and you don't know about your superpowers and you're trying to battle the demons you know mm-hmm. um but you know if you start introducing that same story with other people that may play a very secondary role down the road, then people are going to say, well, yeah, but you know, right where I'm at in the story, I like, you know, maybe that happened in the first 20 or 25 issues, but I'm on, on issue 305. You know, mm. how are you going to bridge that gap? You know, mm. and, and besides there are so many other cool elements, like you have like Angela, who, which, uh, which was a, a property of Neil Gaiman. And, you know, like, how are you going to bring her into the story? And you need to bring so many other cool characters that, you know, unless you've been reading the, the comic books, then you know what happens to them. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, because you never seen anything else other than one movie and maybe a few cartoons back in the 90s, mm-hmm. then your character is just as ghost, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, they got a bit of an uphill battle with all that. It's hard to jump right into the crazy game that we're in now. And I think with that... Uh... I think that was a well played episode. Yeah, guys. that was a well played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked
0: forever. This is good. When, yeah, <laughs> if
1: we ever, if we ever start our our own comic book specific podcast, uh, Rob, we will have you on as one of our. Oh well, thank you, thank guests, you, and uh, you have a wealth of knowledge. On yeah. That.
0: <laughs> well played.